Dan's Driving Double Feature presents 70's Friends of Frankenstein, Episode 3. This is a minute-by-minute podcast covering 1973's Blackenstein and Frankenstein 82 goofball versions of the Frankenstein myth. And we are, I'm your host Dan, by the way, and we are, we start with Blackenstein on this one, and then do Frankenstein 80. We are doing the video release version of Blackenstein rather than the theatrical release. Uh, the video release is the one if you have the VHS, that's the one you're seeing on there. If you have the DVD, that's the one you're seeing on there. If you have the Blu-ray, which is what I'm using from Severin, you get your choice of one or the other. So I will be mentioning um, changes or differences between the theatrical and the video because I'll be honest, the theatrical release is much better than the video release. But the video release is about the same length as Frankenstein 80, so I thought I'd even it out. And we get to discuss the differences. So, anyway, where do we leave off? Oh, where do we leave off? Oh, yes, um, so we do Frank Blackenstein, and we left off with uh, Dr. Frankenstein, presumably, puttering around in his lab as credits were rolling uh, and I think we saw we, last we saw it a close-up of him flicking switches or something. So that is a dive into minute three of Blackenstein, the Black Frankenstein. So at this point, the difference between the theatrical and the video version is just the the theatricals a, a few seconds ahead. It's basically we've seen a we we only seen one we only see one full like um, credit screen with lots of names on it in the um, home video version of the third minute and the third minute of the theatrical we see a couple of them. And it's basically the the minute is the. Um, uh, Dr. Frankenstein kind of effing around with his equipment. You see the equipment a little closer. And then um, you see a continental plane land as a little bluesy music starts playing. And then the video version begins to sort of um, uh, f- uh, crossfade from um, the, the plane at a distance moving towards us, sort of. And then the plane kind of going by us as it says continental. And that's about it for the minute, really. I do get the feeling that. Like Dr. Frankenstein is goofing a little bit when he's hitting some of the buttons. He's like, you know, I know what this button does, but I'm going to make it look like I'm checking. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love when it does that. Let me let me do that again. He's kind of <clears throat> gilding the lily a bit. But we definitely know that he has equipment, and we also definitely know that someone's landing in a plane. Um, so let me do this for this. I would like to read you all my uh, Blackenstein review 
uh, that was originally on uh, Bleeding Skull. I forget. I'll, I'll, I'll give you in a minute when it was originally published there. Because I told you when I started this, my reviews for, on Bleeding Skull for Blackest Night Ferguson 80, both of which have been taken down. Uh, and I was able to save Blackenstein. I wasn't able to save Frankenstein 80. So at the moment, I can't find I could see it when I close my eyes, but I can't recite it. They were two of my favorite reviews. I don't know why. Um, but I want to re just read you the names on the credit um, that does come up here. And then I want to read you uh, the my review. And then we'll go on to Frankenstein 80. There isn't much going on in here. It's just more of him futzing around in the plain lands. So it's featuring Liz Renee. Hey, I... You probably didn't expect to see her name uh, first up there. Um, remembering that we've already seen a few credits. Roosevelt Jackson, Andrea King, Nick Bolin, and Joe DeSue as the monster. It's going to be fun. So let me, let me now, my friends, read you my Blackenstein review. Uh, and here, here we go. I'm just going to shift the microphone just slightly. And here we go. I'm actually holding the mic in front of me right here, folks, so uh, so I can get a good look at the screen here. I don't normally read off of stuff when I'm... Do well, I mean, I read off the, the credits off of the TV screen, but I'm reading off of a laptop screen right here, for which I don't have the date this was posted. The other ones, I... Because I, I had to rescue this from Bleeding Skull before it came down. I put it on my site. Some Polish-American guy reviews things. But this is a review of the VHS long before the Blu-ray came out. And it's uh, Blackenstein, directed by William H. Levy, Levy, Media Home Entertainment, VHS. If I ever lost my arms and legs, and if I had a girlfriend who was a loving physicist named Winifred, and if that girlfriend knew a Dr. Stein who could prepare bottles filled with yellow liquid containing DNA formula, and if Dr. Stein said he could put new arms and legs on me, and the side effect was that I would go out at night with a big square head and start killing people. And if I could spend five minutes with the comedy stylings of Andy C. If all of these things came together and someone hired William A. Levy to direct it all, then yes, I would be the happiest man in the universe. Because I would be Blackenstein. A world where everything is confusion and nothing seems to make sense. A dark, disjointed place where people have dinner at long, dark tables surrounded by pitch blackness in the middle of the afternoon. A place where a large-breasted woman is always right around the corner just in time for a monster. Such a wonderful place. Why does the man you experimented on and gave new limbs to periodically turn into a fellow who looks a lot like the Frankenstein monster? No one asks it. Why would they? No one retains much memory from scene to scene. A new world is envisioned with every passing moment. This is not a particularly nice world in the average human sense. It's dark and grotty, a lot of people being ripped open, a lot of dirty jokes, a lot of people being unpleasant to one another. But Blackenstein always looks like he's having a good time. He is connected to his work in the best possible way. A man likes to know he's accomplished something at the end of the day, slash night. Blackenstein's no, Blackenstein knows he has. He has the entrails to prove it. And they made a movie about him. Can you say the same about you? I thought not. Connect with your job more, why don't you? Eddie, Dr. Stein, Winifred, Malcolm, Andy C., that woman who looks like my Aunt Mary, Topless Sally, 
girl in dune buggy, Bruno, the hospital attendant with a chip on his shoulder, the three guys at the club who could be pimps but might not, might not be, Steve. Don't you want to know these people? Blackenstein holds out its damage with loving hand and says, Join us. We're not just a horror picture, not just black exploitation. We're something greasier, more alive and more boring, often at the same time. It's a dark world, but there is love, and where there isn't love, there's an old lady who wants to stay young in a laboratory straight out of the corner of some warehouse. Why not travel with us and learn? We're like life. You never know what crap is going to hit you in the face next. A picture of the monster can carry you into the film, but it requires some stamina to make it through. If you do, however, director William Levy has promised me that he will thank each person individually with the hunk of five-year-old summer sausage he recently found out back in the shed behind the trampoline that his kids used to use, but now just kind of sits there rusting. He believes the stock of summer sausage was meant to be a gift of some kind that was forgotten when they had great-grandma Fanny staying with them after she had her hips removed and accidentally replaced with artificial shoulders. Funny, but not practical for walking. Of course, the neighbor could have been hoarding the sausage back there against Mr. Levy's wishes. Audio and video, remembering this is from the VHS, succulent and sumptuous, respectively. Media always comes through with the greasy. I know this is on DVD and now Blu-ray, but why, good Lord, why? Extras. You think you're going on a carnival cruise? You're watching a film called Blackenstein. Expect nothing and enjoy. Final thoughts? If everything I've said is not incentive enough for spending an evening with everyone's favorite black Frankenstein monster, let me quote the Cardella de Milo theme song. Sometimes I drink. Sometimes I cry. Amen. Sometimes I do them at the same time. And sometimes it's great. Thank you, Blackenstein. So that's the review, remembering that that is the review of the VHS, the old media VHS. So someone reviewing it now would be able to compare the theatrical to the home video version. And when I said, for example, like the, the boredom looms over Blackenstein, that's mainly the home video version. The, um, the theatrical version is, is um, not lightning paced, but, but quicker paced. So anyway, that is my review of Blackenstein. I hope you enjoyed it. And now let's hop into Frankenstein 80. Uh, the monster or that guy has killed a woman. Um, knocked her apples out of her hand he's removed her kidney, her liver, her something or other and he is um, stepped uh, we, 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 the camera's on the ground near the apples and the credits are about to begin as he sort of steps into the top of the frame his feet at least, you see his shoe his feet in shoes, stepping, you know what I mean so let's, let's listen to some theme which is lots of fun and we will go over the credits of Frankenstein 80, Minute 3.
I forgot to mention that we are beginning, if you're watching this, the Severn Blue, we're beginning 30 seconds into the home video version. We're beginning 10 seconds into the Blu-ray version, the German Blu-ray of Fragasan 80. So yeah, this begins with a monster approaching us. He goes down like two or three steps, making the kind of noises, and he's very leathery. And he said, what he's wearing, I, I can't see his skin or anything, but he, he stops right before the camera, near the apples, and the credits start rolling. We'll just make a quick pass through the credit as the fun music plays. I love this theme, kind of, um, it's just a good, it's a good early 70s theme. It's, it's not like a, um, it's, it's not going to be like a, uh, like a, like a signature theme of the time or like a, like an iconic theme, but it's got a fun bit of zazz to it and did you notice when the when this guy mr leatherman here he steps he goes he goes onto the first step puts a foot on the first step his next foot begins to come down and it looks really weird like there's a quick crossfade or cut to an another this same shot did you notice that i watch as he's stepping down for like a split second it looks like you're cutting from that shot to the exact same shot which looks a little weird to me. I, the the only the only thing I can think of, is that, um, the only thing I can think of is that, um, is that this this shot here we're going to freeze on this as the credits roll, and when you have an image, and then you have credits rolling over it, that's I think I've talked about this before on. Have I talked about this before on on here? I forget, but on, on one of these minute by minutes I talk about like negative cutting. And stuff and how you know it's more money obviously it's more money when you have one image and then like credits or something over the top of it because you have to uh, you have to sort of uh, take take the negative and make a positive of this scene with him standing right up there in front of the camera and then you have to sort of expose onto you have to sort of roll this shot through one camera and the the credits just the credits spaced out through another and those two images get exposed onto a negative and that's the image that is used for, and I'm not going to go too crazy into this because I, I talk about this too much on eventually super train and otherwise but it's 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 just it's just it's negative cutting it's the way they do like the wipes and dissolves and the way they put credits on here and it's the reason why, like, sometimes if you watch a show where, um, like, and I always use the example of Dallas, if you watch Dallas, the, you know, 78 to 91 Dallas, when you get to the final shot of each show, there's a freeze frame and the executive producer credit comes up. And when you're watching it on DVD, you can almost always spot when that shot is there because the quality of the image drops slightly because everything else is from the original negative, but an image that has gone through negative cutting is a second generation and so it drops in quality slightly and this isn't meant to be a technical discussion here but I'm thinking what it is is that when you do it something with negative cutting related it costs more money than just like just like shooting him walking down the steps and stopping in front of the camera would have been one thing and if they'd gone to black and put the credits white on black that would have been one thing they would have even needed a negative cutter they would have just needed really good looking credits um, or maybe something they generated, but because they're having the credits appear over him, that's that costs more money. So I think what happened personally, I think uh, what happened personally was they probably had him walk down the steps, stop right there, 
Um, and then what they did was they probably took the shot and cut it right there. And so, and so if you were to go back to like the original negatives, you'll find at that point where it goes, it seems to fade, it goes quickly from one shot to the same shot. I would bet cash money that, um, that, that they cut it right there because they, they didn't want to use the entire shot because it would have cost too much. You know, there's like five or six or seven seconds before that. And the less time, the better. The closer you get to the moment when you need the credits on there, the better. So I would bet they shot it. He he started the stop and steps. He walked on here. He stopped. And they cut it at the top there or near the top there. And then that's... So, so although it's the same shot per se, it's technically two shots because one of them has the credits on. So that's why I think that that's there. I think they just, they didn't want to do the entire shot because it would have cost more money. And so, um, yeah, I could be completely wrong, but that's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. Um, and, and the fact that it happens, it happens and the the fact that you see it happen and then the, the second shot is one where there's some optical effects with the credits um uh, some negative cutting related things um means yeah that that's probably right so we get here he stops right there it's great it's mgd film productions presents i don't know what mgd mama goddamn film production i don't know i don't know what the mgd stands for but um a lot of great things great darn film production mother's great darn film production i don't know anyway so it's mother's great darn the film production credit comes up there that's the first one we see and then we get blackenstein the credit oozes up ectoplasmically in green uh frankenstein 80 drops in blood in front of us and of course frank it's frankenstein um you know hyphen um i'm sorry yeah frankenstein it's frankenstein apostrophe 80 much like of uh what was it 1958 or 59 we had frankenstein 1970 with boris karloff you know this is just meant meaning to show us that yeah we're going we're going some distance ahead here so uh first title up is john richardson who's a familiar name and and some blood or something seems to be dripping from the side of our our good friend the killer here uh he's and he's still kind of moving slightly so that's um that's a little extra money too the fact that they just had him stand there and they didn't freeze frame him because he's still moving right here when the second credit bunch comes up so it's renato romano zero papas dalila parker and bob fizz the big bob fizz call it bob fizz yeah dada isn't that a drink give me a bob fizz oh it's a bucks fizz um uh dada galati marisa traversi lemmy cars lemmy carson marco mariani i mean i think i think the it's it's one one of the things that the um, one of the things that I brought up in my review on Bleeding Skull, and one of the things in the uh, Encyclopedia of Horror Movies, Phil Hardy, is that this film didn't get a huge distribution in English language countries, and I think that's why you're seeing like so many. Usually, you get a lot more goofy sounding uh, uh, like English or American names, and in this one, you're not. Uh, so, Lemmy Carson, though. That's a fun name. Okay, so next up is Fulvio Mingozzi, and and the um, the image is still moving there. You would have thought they would have freeze framed him. Enrico Rossi, Rossi, Umberto Amambrini, and Luigi Guerrera. Guerrera. 
And with Gordon Mitchell. Hey, Gordon Mitchell. We'll talk about Gordon Mitchell when he shows up. And we'll talk about John Richard when he shows up. And Gigi Bonos. We might talk about Gigi Bonos, too. You just mind your own business, would you please? And the whole, um, the minute ends with um, two uh, production-related credits. And let me just see if he's still moving. No, he's not moving anymore. When did he stop moving? Wait a second, nobody move. Nobody move. Yeah, so he's moving. Luis Guerra, Gordon Mitchell. Oh, wow. In between the Gordon Mitchell and Gigi Bonos credit, the image stops moving. I wonder if that was a mistake. That seems weird. You think they would have had some freeze frame the whole time? Why have him move? And maybe, maybe like the unions of the crew or something like we I can't have that jackass moving around in the background. So assistant director Renzo. Girolami, is it Girolami? Girolami, isn't the um the director of Doctor Butcher M.D. Isn't his that his last name? Uh, assistant operator Edmundo Paisani, makeup man Gianni Amadei, hairdresser Lucia Laporta, photographer Alfio Quattrini, and there's one more credit here, I believe. Yes, we are at the end of the minute. Next credit, right here, we're at the end of the minute, and we'll, we'll wrap this episode up. Inspector of production. <laughs> Iolo Capriti. Uh, what's going on over here in the production? Um, we're making Frankenstein 80. Mm, good. I'm going to inspect over here. That son of a bitch. I love him. Script girl. Bruno Giuseppe Basio. Bruno Giuseppe. Hey, I... I, um, I well, script girl is named Bruno Giuseppe. And sound man is Paolo Esposito. Um, I imagine script girl was the name of a thing rather the the credit rather than this business because you would think bruno giuseppe might be script boy although i don't want to judge bruno giuseppe in that way he he can be whatever he wants to be i just never noticed that credit until i started to read it aloud that a script girl was named bruno giuseppe prop man giuseppe papillardo chief electrician giovanni marini Mariani, Chief Grip Ubaldo Di Curzio. I do notice that with the Italian names, you know, you get a lot of Giuseppe's, Giovanno's, things like that. And then you get like an Ubaldo or a Rick Fizz or whatever the heck that guy's name was. So I was why you get a really, or Iolo, Capri, the inspector of production. You know, well, we got eight Giuseppe's working here. We got an Iolo and an Ubaldo over there. And I think we got 10 uh, Bruno's in the back room. Sorry, sorry to all my Italian listeners. I am horrible. Uh, no, I, I apologize. I apologize. Um, uh, so that that is episode three of Seventies Friends of Frankenstein, and we, um, when we return, yeah, credits still growing. When we return, credits still, still going. So uh, listen to a little bit of this, and I'll be back next time. Listen to this. Mm-hmm.